0: Welcome to the Sonic Acts Ya Ya Ya, Nay 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 podcast series on the occasion of Sonic Acts Academy 2020. In this episode, you'll hear Ivan Cheng, an Amsterdam-based performer and curator who spoke to Sadaf, a New York-based composer and visual artist, who'll be performing at Sonic Acts Academy, which takes place in Amsterdam starting on the 21st of February. When I download music, I listen to... I listen to it very very fast and I know immediately if I can use it or if I cannot use it and it is really material it's not about the artist it's not about where it comes from it's just not how I f- how I find it the quality nothing it's it's really material it's like clay and it really takes shape because of what I put next to it you know by itself it's kind of maybe irrelevant sometimes not sometimes it's really like songs that I love and I really want to include but it's the whole that matters and it's the juxtaposition or the relationality of one thing next to another that makes it into a whole um that makes it into you know a mix or whatever but even DJ sets I I really look at it as a whole and not about like a selection of music or about you know portraying good taste or, um, saying, you know, being an influencer in a sense or, or thing. I, 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 there is a sense of wanting to, um, wanting to provoke, I guess sometimes. And, and also I, I really, I'm kind of bored by great transitions and smooth transitions and genre sets where, you don't notice the shifts and you don't you know things that are very very well done really kind of piss me off sometimes because i just don't care there's too much of it it's just there's too much that's really <laughs> thoughtful and and uh, researched and and anyways it, and that's really great and the people that are really great at that are that's their craft and they've honed it and it's amazing but i just see no point or no interest in for me to want to emulate something like that to be a good DJ but yeah transitions are improvised are very intuitive and have to do with I mean live you can kind of tell when I'm Feeling comfortable—that's when I can really do ni- nice, brutal transitions, <laughs> um, where it seems very intentional. But sometimes I met—you know—it's—it's it's hard because it really is unplanned, so it could go wrong for sure, and it does a lot of times. But I think it's a lot more exciting to me than beat matching or yeah, and, and I and I like dissonance, and I like um, and I don't see why there shouldn't be more experimental DJing. You know, we have experimentation in all fields, and so DJing can easily be one. I think people are just very afraid of being seen as a bad DJ. She likes apartments.
1: is Ivan Cheng and I'm on the microphone for a podcast produced for Ya Ya Ya, Nay Nay Nay, Nay and Sonic Acts Academy 2020. Just after the new year, I had the pleasure of speaking with Sadaf Nava from my studio in Amsterdam. Sadaf is part of the lineup for Sonic Acts Academy 2020, which will occur in Amsterdam from February 21 till 23. This is her track, CFC, released on Haas Records in 2016. The was freshly returned to New York from Vancouver. And I, headphones on and gripping a microphone in hand as the sun set, was staring at notes I had made and frantically pushing through words, struggling to find my cool or any composer. I realized now that I was asking questions about process when she aligns her relationship to process as largely improvisatory, moving towards a consistent idiosyncratic language across forms. Speaking to a stranger whose work I had perceived as so embodied, sensual and personal was alienating. In my mind were heroic, iconic photographs of the artist I was speaking to, associated with her releases that, as we spoke, I became more certain were precisely aligned with the vision of this multidisciplinary artist. I ended our conversation stuttering out a question on transitions, having been entranced, particularly by her command of structure on longer releases such as History of Heat from 2019 and Shell from 2018. She spoke at my wish about transitions and DJing, citing her most recent monthly mix for Rinse FM. In that mix, audiobooks readers of classical poems by Neruda, Sexton, Blath, Baudelaire met club sounds and other surprising instrumentation. The emphasis is on the creation of mood or narrative.
0: kind of it's 90 percent mixed by me it's not there's not that many hands on the last one actually that's why it took so long because there's so much it's so much easier to have outside opinion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to have people be like oh maybe this should happen here or whatever but if you're making the decisions it's really like difficult to say when it's done or when you should stop or, or what's working or not sure. but to me that album is kind of like a diary I, you don't have p- other people make entries in your diary usually <laughs> so I kind of wanted to be very personal and I wanted to make the decisions that's I think that's why the next project is going to be totally different because I think there's going to be a lot of collaboration on the next one because I'm kind of more ready for that or I want that at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But the last one, I, I was very sort of protective with it.
1: Sure.
0: I, I mean, maybe it's unfair to say trend, but there's such a tradition of, especially recently, of having features, collaborations, of, of it being passed around through many hands and it being like a product that's shared. And so... I think I was just a little bit reactionary to that, and just wanted to do everything to assert a sort of—I don't know—a different way of of working.
1: Sure. Is—is is it a type of authenticity that you're interested in?
0: Or... I think so. Uh, it's something that's very, very personal that comes from one person, maybe an authorship or an authorship. Right. But y- yeah, yeah.
1: I was reading. Um, I, I was quite interested in this. Quote, uh, you said, with me, things are not factual, it's more about the movements of the soul. The process of putting the album together spanned several years and the songs were written in different moments in time and through different experiences. It's experience elevated to fiction, which is maybe the truest way to do a self-portrait. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like in terms of this thinking about your writing yourself and uh, and how you spoke about it as though it was a diary, I, I'm interested in um, the choice to make this a uh, very personal document public. Like what, what choices, what, what's emit, what's omitted, and um, what, what's allowed to stay.
0: Well, the only reason why it's allowed to be public because it's is because it's also a work of fiction. So, and I always um, situate my work as autofiction, autobiographical fiction. So then you don't know what has happened or what is made up and it's through this sort of fiction or ambiguity that i'm able to be honest in a way i think i think that if i were to share an actual diary of you know uh-huh. facts or things that are, it wouldn't be very interesting and also i don't think i would be very honest because yeah. the way that we describe events is is never there's no objectivity to that. I mean, every our experiences are completely subjective. So, completely, you know, getting at like any semblance of truth would have to be, in my opinion, through narrative and through fiction, mm-hmm. and through w- what we choose to highlight. Maybe says more about us than what actually happened,
1: sure.
0: or what actually happens.
1: And in you saying that, like, I think immediately about uh, literary references and especially how, um, auto fiction or the genre of auto theory has become like a very, uh, pervasive, pervasive genre of uh, cultural production mm-hmm. nowadays. And I'm wondering, um, whether this type of literature, like contemporary literature is very important or if you're really looking towards other things like your other media outlets or like what, what kind of media are you taking in, in a linguistic way?
0: Well, I really dislike contemporary fiction. I mean, contemporary... Okay, we have to situate that. Because, sure. I mean, I don't really read things that are produced now. And I know that that's maybe not a good... Or I mean, ah, what good is good or, bad, or bad, whatever? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't... <laughs> let, let's say it doesn't really interest me. Just as most new films don't interest me. Just as I I don't really go out of my way to try to understand our era or our generation or what pertains to be, to me right now as my peers, because I feel there's like a huge bias. I mean, either they're my friends and I love their work because I love them Mm -hmm. and I can't distance those two things. Or it's just, I don't think we have enough distance right now to, to know what, To know what's going on, I would have to, you know, look at this 20 years from now and say, oh, I liked that. That is what is, you know, going to define this, this generation, whatever. But, um, but I do consume a lot of older contemporary, like 70s, 60s, 50s. I consider that contemporary. Okay. So in that sense, yes, <laughs> but it's not, it's also, you know, a completely different time. But, um, in terms of writing process, uh, and also the cover of history of heat, which has all these papers on it mm-hmm. and, and everything kind of all those sort of references to writing. Um, they come from, uh, a Helen Sissou interview, um, where she's describing her process of writing, and saying that she writes like a painter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she describes kind of the 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 literal setup, which is she said she has a very very large desk, and on it there's hundreds thousands of pieces of paper, all in different sizes and textures, and you know. Mm-hmm all sorts of different and all sorts of different pens and pencils and she so she writes in this very material kind of way and or get and kind of a also a process of improvisation in a sense and, sure. and she says she needs to block out like a week or so where she's uninterrupted and, sh- and she sort of just works that way um and I relate that exactly to how I also produce music hmm.
1: when I think of Ellen Sikzu, i'm I'm very much like associating her with the person who introduced her to me and like pressed this in my hand and said, "You really should read this." and mm-hmm. And this is the association. So it, I, I guess, like for my experience, uh, people like Sikzu come with also a lot of biases and emotional memories about who they were recommended by and who they came by. And maybe that's because, I didn't go through a certain educational institution and receive these things as a syllabus, but but in a way, like I, I would say that uh, these uh, contemporaries that we're still considering contemporaries are still um, uh, imprinted or covered by biases, and so I, I'm curious about like what that separation in thinking about people who are producing stuff now that you. Uh, choose not to comment on, or uh, not necessarily. Uh, you, you're not going to follow. Like how how that line gets drawn. Of,
0: um, I mean, of where it know, receives make, its
1: power from. Like, uh, where where something make, becomes qualitatively.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Of, uh huh. of value.
0: Okay. I I mean I, I ex I exaggerate when I say that I I don't consume anything of the now <laughs> because <laughs> what uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. you know no. because of of course I uh, of course there are people that i think are amazing and who are working now and uh, that's but i'm saying as as a whole it's hard for me to have a perspective because i can't see it from a distance sure. whereas you know um a little bit before i i can kind of Look at it and and see what speaks to me, and it, it. I wouldn't call it a bias. More, I would say that. Okay, I I do this thing um, in convers. I used to do this thing in conversations, which was really annoying. Where I would say no, I cannot like this thing because it's not. It it doesn't fit into kind of um, an ideological worldview that I have or something, you know. And I would divide it between. Uh, David Lynch and Fassbender, and I would oppose them, and I would say there's one that looks from the outside and who has a distance with uh, his subject matter or what he's presenting—a kind of, kind of, um, a cartoonish or or stylization that distances himself from his. Uh, Actors, which would be David Lynch in my opinion. Okay. And Fassbinder, who is his characters, and who is, in my opinion, in the center of what he's talking about, looking out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a difference of perspective. And I would say the same about everything else that I'd like. I feel that they fit into the same category in terms of how they see the world. So it is ideological in in my opinion. And and of course that is also subjective <laughs> because for sure. But to me I feel like you're either on this side or you're on that side. <laughs> and this I'm kind of I'm kind of, you know, becoming a little bit less militant about that as I get older, but it's you know, I prefer the perspective from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh I pres- I prefer when the artist is on the same level as their characters, or or that there's less of a bird's eye view on things,
1: hmm.
0: it's a fe- it's a feeling and uh, it's an aesthetic. Also, I think that makes me intuitively go towards certain things, and and I know right away. I you know there's no ambiguity. I either really like it or I can appreciate it. I mean, I don't hate David Ledge. I really appreciate it. It's just not what inspires me or really moves me, you know, the same way that Fassbinder does, for example.
1: What's towards the top of your Fassbinder list? Like, what do you love the most? Can I ask that? Is that stupid? (laughs) I'm curious.
0: No, no, it's not. No, it's not stupid at all. Um, I like so many different ones for different reasons. But, you know, I even really, really like the early ones, Love is Colder Than Death, which is very stylized and which is... Kind of um, trying to do a gangster film, but mm-hmm. even in doing that, it it feels so different, uh, I, or it feels also so him, which is really interesting. Um, to try to do something very removed, but for it to still be so such a sig- such a signature, or have the same sort of feeling as his other films, and then I like, I really love Ellie. Fear eats the soul, oh and God, you know. Yeah. All, all of them. I mean, there's not. I don't really like the sci-fi one, but that's pretty much it. World on a wire, um, but that's pretty much it. I really like almost all of it.
1: How do you, um, how do you get to watch them? Like, are there screenings that you go to? Are you watching this on your computer? Oh, I mean, like, uh, how does that alter things? Like, uh, uh, I know that there's this big uh, Berlin Alexanderplatz exhibition at like PS One, right? Oh yeah. Some years ago.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, I mean it's definitely things like that are nice to see on the big screen but it, you know you do what you can <laughs> I watched a lot of mm-hmm. films that I really loved when I was very young actually and I was just downloading them on my computer I was getting them from the library I'm talking about like when I was 14 15 sure. is when I really got into that stuff so
1: in Vancouver
0: yeah 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 cool um
1: and was this something that you would socialize I guess I'm uh, the question I'm trying to ask is along the lines of like how, uh, how you might or how you like to take in media whether it's like a socialized situation where you're doing it with friends or if you're really like alone in the bedroom headphones <laughs> on watching this film and like watching it again and watching it again and watching it again and then thinking about it and writing about it and letting that alter something and then never watching it again uh for this, the next year
0: like, right um, how you how
1: you take in this material
0: um sometimes it's social but mostly it's alone Mm -hmm. yeah um when i was younger i was it was kind of like a strange escape because no one was into that (laughs) no one was into that at all like i had no one to share that with
1: not even online
0: no i i no i i guess i wasn't really Doing, no, I wasn't in like chat rooms or, or anything. Like My space. <laughs> <of some laughs> no. Such. Um. I mean, I had like a few friends that would be into that, but not really. It was a kind of a personal discovery. But then later in college, of course, there's, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of people that have those kind of interests. But but anyways, as an escape, I would watch like three movies per day or something like that, something crazy. Mm. Um, And it was really like film history. (laughs) I was really going through the classics. I was really researching kind of what they would teach you in film school and I would watch it and I would really like it.
1: And so do you uh, have aspirations to make film like in the classic genre of film itself, I know that you're producing uh, videos and like uh, artwork videos as well as music videos. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, What's your relationship to this visual moving image medium?
0: I would, I, I mean, film is the thing that inspires me the most. I think it's uh, the medium that, it's the most multifaceted medium and also in terms of telling a story I, I love narrative in that sense, even if it's non-narrative you know, like experimental narrative. Or, I really would, I would love to, I would really like to make a film. I just, it, that requires a lot. And I think I'm, I'm moving towards it for sure. It's definitely a medium that I would like to include in the things that I do, <laughs> but I take it very, but film is something that is very serious in a sense that it's a huge collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to organize uh, in this moment of time. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it something that you'd think about contributing towards as as a composer like as the
0: uh, it, it needs to i mean i would it would be great to do that for friends or if somebody asked me would you sure. do this soundtrack? I would be you know interested, but the concept interests me a lot less because even. Because it's, te- it's almost technical <laughs> in a sense, you know, and uh, I would rather author something. I would rather work on a narrative that then would get, then that would get supplemented by the music because, you know, and honestly, I just, even if I made a, if, if I made a film, no, I shouldn't say if, when, when, when I make a film, um, bad habit. <laughs> when I make a film, I'm not sure if I would include a soundtrack. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think I, I would, I think I would be um, reluctant to include a soundtrack because I always find soundtracks to be a little bit manipulative um, mm-hmm. it, or scores, you know, I'm thinking about Hollywood films with the, the orchestral and I find it extremely manipulative because it tells you what to think when and it it's an easy way to induce emotion. And I kind of really prefer the more dry films, filmmakers like Robert Bresson or something that really kind of uses the silence or the, it's focused on the dialogue or is kind of, um, yeah, a a bit more, a bit more dry or a bit more intentional Mm -hmm. in its use of, sound versus not sound versus silence versus dialogue, things like
1: that. Well, this makes me even more curious about <laughs> um, your recent film, Retirement, Behind the Seam,
0: mm-hmm. which, uh,
1: like, uh, can you can you talk to me a bit about that?
0: It's interesting, because that's, to me, a failed music video, you know? it's It was supposed to be a music video that then I looked at the footage of after, and it's shot, you know, very lo-fi on, on a DV camera, and I later looked at the footage which is a lot of footage and I was like okay I'm not interested in making this a music video so it actually became this long um, reality television almost experimental reality television behind the scenes of making a music video Um, and I just decided to include sort of the whole thing Without much editing, because I found it more interesting so
1: so I understand that it's footage of you in different locations mm-hmm. in Manhattan yeah and it appears as a kind of self-portrait um, but like I was drawn to the 22 minute thing which seems almost like an episode like a exactly a serial episode without the ads and so having not seen it and like only speculating about it, uh, from what I've heard you say now about film and what you've, what I've read you. What 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 does a good music video do? Like uh, what, what does a music video want to achieve for you?
0: For me, oh that's a really difficult question. Um well, ideally ideally and and I'm not saying I've done this, but you know, it's something to aspire sure, towards, but it it's uh I would say it's I would like it to be almost a short film.
1: But is that something that you want people to receive over, like a, a thirty-second Instagram trailer, or like watching it on YouTube? Like, uh, it doesn't.
0: It doesn't matter where it is. I don't really care about that. It's more okay. um, the the con. Yeah, no, I d- I don't care how it's presented at all. Usually, mm. cool. And I think that even you know, yeah, I love short trailers. I mean now. Sometimes that's enough. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. 30-second trailer is enough that you don't even need to watch the thing. Um, Sure. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I did did a collaborative project with a friend, which is a 13-minute short film, and it is based around History of Heat, and it's called Detectress. Um, or Mm. one of the songs named after one of the Mm -hmm. songs and that we shot on eight millimeter and on 16 millimeter film
1: wow
0: so um that's being edited (laughs) so that's maybe the first you know to answer that's the maybe the first move towards kind of working with film
1: so maybe it's uh it's good to talk a little about uh you being in amsterdam at the end of february and yes. uh, and what you're going to do then, like what type of material you'll be playing, and um, and how you're thinking about that live set.
0: Um, I don't want to say too much about the performance because you know it's it's better to just see it live. Sure. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be along more along the lines of what I did at Issue Project Room in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's going to be an installation aspect to it and there's going to be a, a a video aspect to it as well. I don't really prepare sets in the traditional sense. Like I kind of have an outline of what's going to happen, but there will be definitely room for improvisation in there for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that.